Today's a pretty monumental day. I mean, today seems like a random day, July 16th, 2023, at night, it's about 8.52 p.m., but today I, Diambi, start my podcast. My name's Diambi, and I'm 22, and I've been wanting to start a podcast for such a long time. And I actually planned to start my podcast in December 2022. That's right. I've been wanting to start this podcast for eight months now. And I finally got myself to record my very first episode today on July 16th. It's been eight months. So you can imagine how excited I am. And... Why has it been this long? Why has it taken me eight months to start my podcast? Well, I wanted to do it right. I think that's something we all struggle with. We want to be perfectionists and we want to have the best equipment and the best podcast ever. And we want to know exactly how to do things day one. But sometimes that overwhelms you and then you end up not starting at all. So today I just said, you know what, I'm going to start my podcast. I've been wanting to start my podcast for so long and here I am. And if it sucks, who cares? It's the first episode. Okay, I have so much more learning to go. And back in December, I wrote a whole entire Google Docs trying to figure out how I would upload this to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and the recording equipment where I would record it. But did that help me? No, because for eight months I just sat down and did everything but start my podcast. So here I am, and believe it or not, we're not going to talk about why it's taken me this long to start my podcast, although that is kind of what we're going to talk about today. So what are we going to talk about today? I was browsing topics this morning and this podcast is going to be a conglomeration of what I think. I'm going to bring in my friends and find out what they think and what will we be discussing. We'll be discussing common things that people go through in their own lives, whether it's how they got over insecurity or feeling Uh, overcoming imposter syndrome or navigating college, post-work life, post-college life and work balance, stuff like that. I'm going to be sharing my opinions in solo episodes and also bringing my friends in and people who I look up to and figuring out what they did because everyone navigates life differently and we can learn a lot um, from people that we look up to. So today's a solo dolo episode because my friends are not here at the moment and I was trying to think about what to talk about today and I was finding it difficult to brainstorm and talk about what we're going to talk about today. And I was wondering, why do I find this so difficult? Why is starting so difficult? Why did it take me eight months? And then it came to me, the attention economy. That's what we're going to be discussing today. And please, do not leave the podcast yet, okay? 
It's not going to be a lecture about what we already know. We already know that social media platforms are getting the best engineers and the best psychologists to study what algorithms will give us the immediate dopamine boost and make us stay on these apps the whole entire day. We know they're addicting. If I spent my whole podcast trying to explain to you why social media is addicting, you would instantly leave because that's something we already know. I'm not going to talk about that today. In fact, I am also fall victim to the social media rabbit hole. For example, yesterday, I was on YouTube for eight hours. Eight hours. It is so hard to stop once you're in the rabbit hole. I found myself watching videos resentfully. I didn't even want to watch the videos at that point, but I was too far gone. I was lost. I was lost in the sauce and I couldn't go back. And it's weird because you want to. You want to stop, but you can't because these algorithms are too good. People have degrees in keeping you on their app because they make money off of it. And I was thinking about the resistance. You know, we already know that it's so hard to stop. And part of this is not our fault, as we know. Part of it is just the company's profiting. But where is our willpower? Because we know that it's being engineered for us to decrease our willpower over time. But it wasn't always like this. And it got me thinking to 2011, 2010, 2009, when we were in the early stages of social media, but it didn't have a chokehold on us. Back then, at least for me and a lot of my friends, 2009, 2008, we didn't fall prey to using these things for nine, 10 hours. So it got me thinking, I want to take a deep dive into how I operated back then and how we operated as a society back then and maybe use that as inspiration for how we shape our usage of social media and entertainment today. What was life circa 2011? Okay, let us jump right in. Here we go. So I brainstormed these entertainment platforms and I kind of broke them down into different categories. And what I'm going to do is compare them in 2011 or their early stages of concept and kind of use the way we navigated that back then and hopefully use this as inspiration for how to structure my life and relationship with these platforms now. So the first one, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, I'm talking about the streaming platforms. 
movies and TV shows specifically. Right now, in 2023, we can watch all the movies and all the TV shows with the snap of our fingers. If we want to watch an entire season of a show in one day, we can. If we want to watch two seasons of a show in one day, we can. We can watch back-to-back-to-back movies. You can watch three movies in a row if you want to. But this wasn't always the case. Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, all of these things are really just ways in which you watch movies and TV shows. But in 2010, 2009, 2008, we had our good old friend, the TV, and our good old friend, the movie theaters, and the DVDs, and the CDs. Now, let's get to talking how that's impactful. In 2009, we would wait for 8, 7 p.m. Central to come on, and on that day, on Wednesday, 8, 7 p.m. Central, we would sit down on that TV and watch the latest episode of whatever we desired, and we would be locked in. Because if you missed a second, there was no pausing. There was no rewinding. You literally had to be locked in, and maybe you could use the bathroom during a commercial break. But we watched that one episode, and that was it. Then we had to wait for the next week for the new episode of whatever we were watching to come out. And I thought of Pretty Little Liars, Vampire Diaries, Switched at Birth, that era of TV, and it even goes back further than that, right? Hannah Montana, Wizards of Waverly Place. I would come home from school do my homework, maybe play outside, but you know, I'm going to be back 8, 7 p.m. Central to watch the new episode, and you know we're going to be talking about it with my friends the next day in school, and you know if I missed an episode, I'm sad. I'm literally sad. And I think this was important because for a multitude of reasons. Number one, we were forced to only watching that one episode, that one episode, and that's it. We had to wait until the next week, and that was delayed gratification at its finest because the whole show would pan out over months, okay? But one episode a week, we were hooked And we were more involved with the characters because we got to see them over a span of a few months and lengthen our time with these shows. We weren't able to watch Pretty Little Liars in one day. We had to watch it over months. And that correlated with the time frame of the show because sometimes it would be winter and then it'd be summer. And we'd be watching it with these people experiencing the months as they're experiencing the months. And I think that is so important. And it's not like you would watch TV once a week, or at least I didn't. I was fortunate enough to 
have maybe a, sh- a new episode of a show every day. I think Pretty Little Liars was on Wednesdays, Vampire Diaries on Thursdays, something like that. I don't remember. But if you split up, there was Mondays and Tuesdays would be two new episodes of this show. Then Wednesdays and Thursdays would be two new episodes of those other two shows. And I think the way we can navigate that in 2023 is maybe watching one show a day. No exceptions, because in 2011, we didn't have the option to click play next. It just was over, and we had to move on with our life. And I think this is going to be a central theme as I explore these different platforms. I think a central theme is not having the option to keep going. Now with movies... We had to watch it in the movie theater, okay? If you missed the movie, you had to buy it on DVD. But why is this a good thing? The suspense. There was so much suspense. I remember in 2009 or 2010, it was Hunger Games, Twilight, Harry Potter, all these new movies back to back to back and the great thing was all of these were books as well so the book to movie adaptation we got to read the fiction then we got to watch it in the movie theater and it was so much more engaging because we got to see the things that we read and now watch the movie adaptations and there was the book versus movie wars and so much of a culture around movies we appreciated them more because we couldn't sit down and watch them immediately and what I think this may mean is maybe treating movies as respectfully (laughs) I don't know how to describe this I think we should sit down Make movies a social event. Maybe watch movies with your friends or if you're watching them alone. Maybe limit the movie intake to that once a week. Once a week, we watch a new movie. We sit down and really get ready for the movie. I think that, at least, is how TVs and movies, we can take inspiration from 2011 and change it to 2023 standards. The new routine, maybe watch one different show or the same show every day just one episode though and then the movie can do little once a week when you have a long time to just sit down and act like you're in a movie theater don't pause or anything watch the movie and if you miss something you miss it you know there gotta be some stakes involved I think we appreciated it more because we knew it wasn't always there, which is something that's different now. All the TV shows and all the movies are there at your disposal, so you feel less enjoyable or less appreciative of the content because you didn't have to work as hard to get for it. It's the gratification, okay? It's the gratification. Next social media. I'm talking Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. (sighs) When I was thinking about this, 
I wanted to figure out why were these platforms created because these types of social medias Instagram Facebook they're really a way for us to connect with our friends or that's what they were intended for in their original creation and catching up with friends in 2010 on Instagram mind you in 2012 2013 I was a 12 year old so my version of catching up with friends would be playing outside but I imagine if you were 20 years old or 23 you would be catching up with friends maybe at a party I don't know I wasn't 22 at in 2012 I was 12 so this is from the perspective of a child <laughs> but in social media back then Instagram wasn't the Instagram that it is today it was a lot more casual and you followed your friends there wasn't any stories or any DMs and your friends would post things like I walked my cat today and they would post a picture of their cat or someone would put a sticker on their face and they'd be like this is my sticker it's on my face some stupid stuff like that like totally stupid no one really cared and because the posts were so lame and it wasn't a showing off type of thing it wasn't an achievement highlight it was literally just random things you thought were cool that day it was so much easier to just get off there's no algorithms trying to keep us on and do the forever scroll because the posts were not that entertaining to be on Instagram for eight hours and I was thinking of the original way we caught up in f with friends in 2012-2010 yeah maybe there was social media at the time and yeah maybe we would use it for like five minutes here and there but the real way we caught up with friends was either in person for me it was playing outside with kids who went to my school who lived in my neighborhood but with people who didn't live in my neighborhood we would do phone calls and when I remember this this was a game changer phone calls okay you one one disclaimer though phone calls are coming from my place of privilege as a person of the hearing community now for the deaf community I know that the most preferred form of contact or at least I've heard from a friend that maybe it was through text or when FaceTime was invented or rose to popularity it was FaceTime but I'm going to be speaking from the perspective of someone in the hearing community I really don't mean to exclude anyone but this is just going to be my perspective from someone in the hearing community I think phone calls or FaceTime are so much better it's so much of a better way to catch up with your friends because it's a lot more personable back in 2010 2011 very few people had the type of phone where you could text message and 
even then, text messaging was kind of a pain because it was so clunky and honestly, it was just easier to call someone up on the phone. And I look back on that and my best friendships at the time were because I talked to them all the time on the phone. And the phone is so great because you can hear the person's voice. I think that's so powerful. Again, speaking from the hearing community, but of course you can maybe see the person if you're um, a deaf person using FaceTime. But again, this is from the perspective of someone in the hearing community. When you can really hear and see what the person is saying, it's so much more engaging than liking their picture on Instagram or texting them even. I think a lot of the times tone is not translated over very well in text, but we have a sort of, we've sort of pushed away from calling people on the phone because of text. And I think we should bring it back or at least FaceTime or phone calls more often because it was so fun. It was so fun and I really enjoyed it and back in the day my <laughs> mom used to get on me for the minutes but now we have unlimited data okay I have unlimited data now because that is a great thing to have and I think I could go on a whole tangent about why phone calls and FaceTimes are superior to checking up through social media, but I think my inspiration or learning from that is to call people or FaceTime them more. I think one reason we're afraid to do that is because of maybe there's going to be awkward pauses if we talk to our friend on the phone. And you know what? That's okay. That is okay. The more you talk to that person, the less likely there'll be awkward pauses. Or maybe if there are awkward pauses, why is that a, a bad thing? It's not the end of the world. It is not. The world will not burn if there are a few awkward pauses. And most of the time, it's literally just getting comfortable with the person and then they'll go away. And honestly, a phone call or a FaceTime... It's so much of a better way to deepen your friendship with the person because with texting, sometimes we feel like we have to always be on our text, always keep up. And I think Natasha Lund said this in Conversations on Love, but distance makes friendship stronger. And if you call someone on the phone and your phone is your main method of contact, you're going to be having conversations and then you won't really be looking at your phone as much because your primary form of contact is FaceTiming or phone calling someone. So I'm going to try to FaceTime and phone call more often, but it's definitely hard <laughs> in 2023 because most people text, but you know what? I'm going to make the effort to at least FaceTime or phone call some people. 
at least once a week. Just once a week and see how that goes. Next, YouTube and Vine. These are difficult. These are very difficult because they're not like TV and movies and it's not like social media, but it is the, it is something you watch. It's like, it's crazy. So first we're going to start with YouTube. YouTube in 2010, 2008. I remember a point where YouTube had no ads and that was amazing, but I try to think back on when YouTube didn't have a chokehold on me and I think it's because there was a circle of creators that I would watch repeatedly and I would watch their new videos and that was it. YouTube back then was less of challenges and trends and more so of youtubers doing whatever they wanted to do so whether you were into gaming or skits or vlogs you could find a few youtubers you liked watch their videos whenever they would upload them and boom that's it no youtube rabbit holes because now the algorithm is so good that I will find myself watching YouTube even though I don't want to. I'll watch video after video and I don't want to watch the videos anymore. But back then, there was only a few creators, a few people I was subscribed to, and that that's it. And I think we can learn from that experience. I think we can learn from it and pick a few YouTubers, maybe 10 or 15 watch their videos when they upload and it's kind of like the TV shows if you have a circle of 10 or 15 youtubers that you watch you're only gonna be watching one to two videos per day because they have different upload schedules and most youtubers upload once a week and the other thing I thought was back in the day I watched long-form YouTube co content I would watch vlogs or family vlogs. I used to love Braytaley. Keep in mind, I was also eight, nine, so I just liked watching family channels because I was a kid. But I also really liked watching Joey Graceffa, who was a teen in California at the time, and he also had a gaming channel, and I was really obsessed with Minecraft back in the day. So maybe if I was lucky, Joey Graceffa would upload two videos, one on his everyday vlog channel and one on his gaming channel. And I looked forward to this. Every day, the same video from Joey Graceffa, or every day, a video from Braytaley, and these videos would be 27, 30 minutes long. It was very long videos, uh, never less than 20 or 15 minutes, but I think that's the biggest difference because now YouTube has shorts and, you know, YouTube has two minute videos and you can get sucked in. So maybe watching more long form YouTube videos. Vine. Vine was kind of the dinosaur to TikTok. Because Vine and TikTok are similar in the way that you can scroll and watch videos, but no one was on Vine for eight hours, let's be honest. We watched a couple of Vines and then moved on with our day. 
And I was truly thinking about why. Well, the obvious reason is because the algorithm sucked <laughs> for Vine. You would have to maybe find two or three videos that were gems and then the rest of the videos were honestly quite mid. But you would find those gems. And I think with Vine, there was less content creators than there are on TikTok. And people went on Vine and there was a bigger barrier to entry of becoming famous on Vine. So as a result, the platform wasn't saturated with that much content. Over time, it kind of became everyone's game, but all the funny videos, they are remembered for that meme, that particular meme, like free shavakadoos, or that girl turning around and she has the goggles on, or the I'm in me mom's car, vroom vroom. But that they had their one minute to fame, and that was it, really. And it was just pure randomness. But that one is super hard to explain because I think in in addition to all of the other things that we had going in our lives because we watched TVs and movies on a regular schedule and because we would spend our time on the phone or hanging out in person with friends and because we had our YouTube in place it was easier to log off of Vine because we had things to do we didn't have everything at our disposal and I think it might be the same for those of you who watch TikTok if you start incorporating all of these other things into place you'll find it easier to have a reason to get off of TikTok earlier than eight hours in <laughs> so that's my little deep dive into life circa 2011 and as of now, I don't use social media. I do have an Instagram account, but I only go on it to post. And YouTube is the thing that will get me. You, I will spend hours on YouTube if I'm not careful. But I have been trying to read more, blah, blah, blah. But I think doing this podcast definitely gave me some ideas for how I want to <laughs> live my life and I'll definitely be trying out the Netflix thing with the TVs and movies like kind of watching one show a day like one episode a day and waiting you know waiting a day the next day to watch the next one because it's so important to delay your gratification and also not have the option like that no exceptions and then I'll definitely be trying to catch up with my friends in person or phone calls or FaceTime more because sometimes I get texting fatigue and it overwhelms me so I will definitely be trying that as for YouTube I will try to stick to the creators that I watch or if I don't want to watch those creators, I will try to find long-form YouTube content. And in terms of everything else, 
just try to do things that retain my attention more like reading I was a big reader back then that took up a lot of my day uh, or playing with my dolls at the time but I don't do that anymore but yeah man just doing some hobbies that don't require a screen trying to figure what that's like okay so that was my first episode ever that was crazy I cannot believe I recorded my very first podcast um, my name's Diambi and hopefully I will see you more often and I hope that at the time you are listening to this I will have edited this thing and I will have made an account on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you will be listening it to it through there and maybe I'll even have friends on this. I am so proud of myself. If you're out there and you want to do something, but you're afraid that you won't do it correct or perfectly, my advice to you would just be to do it. And who cares if it's not perfect? You are amazing for even trying in the first place. All right, I am leaving. Go out there and do the thing you've been meaning to do. I'm watching you. I'm not watching you, but I, you can feel my consciousness in your consciousness. Is that creepy? Okay. I, I think you've had enough Diambi for today. I'll see you when I see you. And hopefully I'll see you soon. Bye.